Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her, her ways are the ways of pleasantness. In all her path are peace. And that is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and next to me, the president of this book factory, Steve Ben Hartog. What's up, everybody? Good to be with you again today. <laughs> How are we doing, Steve? Uh, doing well. Doing well. Good. You know, it was pretty cool. We had a uh, a, a Bake for Life uh bake sale here on saturday it was that the name i don't know if that is exactly the name yeah but. with the laredo pregnancy crisis pregnancy center so uh yeah we had some great traffic uh they did really well and uh we had some some good traffic here at the ministry as well so that was really a blessing yeah it was really uh nice to see uh just uh people coming in and supporting uh that organization it's uh, a great organization it really is yeah and again you know uh uh, out there and just uh, uh, promoting what uh, life is um, and, and taking and care that, of taking care of uh, mothers in crisis pregnancy situations. Okay. So they really do some good work here in the community. Well, well, that's awesome. It was really really neat to see. And we, I, I bought some delicious uh, baked goods, so I yeah. really enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, uh, this week we have a recurring guest. Dr. Mike or Michael Whitmer, and we're going to be talking about his new book, The Bible Explainer. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool. It's by uh, uh, Barber Book Publishing, um, and this book is a question and answer book, and they have great, great topics on there. There are about 250 entries questions that you always wanted to ask yes but never knew who to ask or were too embarrassed to ask yes 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 and uh so we're gonna be talking about that a little bit it's gonna be in a little bit different format because um it's kind of a book that you kind of just keep on your shelf exactly that i mean you you if you had any questions you would constantly be going to it mm-hmm. and he does a, just a great job just presented it presenting it in a very just uh easy manner easy reading pictures are great like the book is just absolutely wonderful he's really a funny guy too yes so it's quite he is. humorous so. yes absolutely so uh we are looking forward to just having him on today and he's been just a uh, a great help to the ministry he has yeah yeah so uh don't forget to subscribe to apple android google and stitcher radio and please visit our website at bridgemenlaredo.com org and just like everything that's going on with the building fund guys we are still um getting donations we need donations for the building fund uh so that we can get this project started here in 2021 lord willing uh so if uh god puts it in your heart to give to the building fund uh we'll take a penny um and and we need your help um, and we just give uh, thanks to all our listeners who have uh, given to the ministry and to the uh, ministry fund. So thank you again, you guys. All right, Steve, why don't we get this podcast started? Let's do it. All right.
Dr. Mike Whitmer is professor of systematic and historical theology at Grand Rapids Theological Seminary. His, his books include Becoming Worldly Saints, Can You Serve Jesus and Still Enjoy Your Life? Don't Stop Believing, Why Living Like Jesus is Not Enough. Mike and his wife, Julie, live in Grand Rapids with their three children. Welcome, Mike Whitmer, to Bridge Radio for the third time. <laughs> he was You were on episode uh, 70 and 46, okay. so for our listeners. A regular. There, yeah, he's a regular. Uh, you know, thank you very much well, for coming on. You've been such a blessing to the ministry, uh, a fellow partner to us, and you, you've just helped us out a lot here, and we just want to say thank you. Yeah, for well, thanks, sure. Thanks, man, Stephen. I'm glad to, I, I loved when I was in Laredo last year. Yeah. yeah. And great hospitality, and it was had a really good time. So I'm glad to be back. Hopefully you enjoyed the Mexican food while you were here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was a it good was, thing. I realized I, I, I realized I had never had Mexican food before. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mike, uh, as we begin, I know that you've we've introduced you in the other podcast, but for just, again, our first-time listeners who might just go to this podcast, uh, can you just share a little bit about yourself and how God drew you to Saving Faith? So I was raised in Ohio. Um, my, I was Mennonite till I was five. My parents grew up in a Mennonite church, mm. and mm. I was led to Christ by my father um, when I was five. Um, I came home from a Christian ventriloquist, uh, I guess, meeting, mm. and he had talked about, the dummy had talked about how he was saved, and he knew it, and I didn't know it. So I told my dad, and my dad led me to Christ. And mm. so at an early age, um, it's when I the prayer to accept Jesus, but grew up in a Christian home and um, just godly parents, three brothers who went to church and loved Jesus and just had a, yeah, so I was a junior in high school and thought I wanted to, uh, I thought I felt God's call to, into ministry, um, went to college and seminary and then fell into teaching, so I taught in a seminary for 20-some years, still am, and then two months ago, I finally got to preach, uh, be a pastor, oh. so finally after... 30, uh, 25 years of teaching. It still get to teach, but also now get to pastor, which was always the plan. So I'm bivocational. Nice. Nice. So you were in the Mennonite church until you were, your your parents were until you were five years old, you said, and then they left? Yeah. Yeah. It was an ancestral Mennonite church. Um, They left, um, it's maybe hard to believe, but the Mennonite, the major Mennonite denomination has now gone quite progressive oh, really? on LGBTQ issues. Oh, wow. So even, so they kind of saw it way back then, but um, in the last four or five years, our actually our ancestral Mennonite church left that denomination, and now they're just, they call themselves Anabaptist. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, Mike, um, can you tell us a little bit about this book? I know you've, uh, we, we listed a few of the books that you had uh, have written already in the introduction. And one of them that I really appreciated was, uh, um, gosh, what was the first book that you, um, Becoming Worldly Saints? No, not Becoming Worldly Saints. It was the, what's the first Heaven book that you wrote? Heaven earth. is a Place on oh. Earth. Yeah. I read that way back in what, 2005 or 2006. Mm-hmm. And that is one of my favorite books. It just really, uh, um, kind of inspired me with regards to getting into, studying theology, as a matter of fact. Um, but this book, I think, is really helpful as well. This book, The Bible Explainer, um, because it answers a lot of those theological questions that I think people have, but they uh, 
they don't know where to go for an answer or who to ask. And so can you tell us, um, how did God lead you to write this book and uh, how would you explain it to somebody? Yeah. So my friend put me up to it. He um, was, he is an editor and he was at Our Daily Bread and he actually was a friend of mine from college. And um, so he came to this idea and I really liked it. And, and he, um, he found pictures. So that's, it's really well illustrated that the book looks like it'd be on Amazon. It's $20 and it looks like it'd be maybe double that because of all the pictures and yeah. photos in yeah. it. So it's, um, it's just a nice, book that you can put on a coffee table and it's <laughs> yeah. about 250 questions and they're organized um, in sections logically like the first section is on this introduction to the Bible and then there's origins and then Israel and then Jesus and the church and then last things and the last thing section is shorter because we had to you're reading our page limit so I, I just I did the best of heaven is a place on earth in mm. the last section um, but it's it, what's so it's, it takes nothing for granted. So mm-hmm. it's a book that could be given to a non-Christian and they can, so one of the questions is why is it called Bible? Sure. Mm-hmm. Some very basic questions to um, what about slavery in the Bible? Uh, why do people say um, you, you should not commit homosexual relations, but you do eat shrimp and bacon, mm-hmm. aren't you being a hypocrite? So a lot of the uh, genocide in the old Testament, um, a lot of the controversial questions are, are anything that I thought was important or interesting and that people asked, I, I put it in. So from very basic to very um, difficult. And um, so it's, it can be a form of, I think, uh, catechism. Yeah. So I think it's especially for new believers or uh, children. Because it's a book you can just open anywhere and read yeah. a question and learn something. Exactly. Or you can read it in order. Um, but even if someone's been a Christian a lot, I, mean, I learned stuff writing it and researching mm-hmm. it. So sure. it's not, I mean, some of it's pretty basic and some of it's pretty, it's, I, it, it's something that I learned. Yeah, no, I think it's, I, I think it would be a great book for parents to use with their kids, maybe going through one a day, you know, during a devotional time or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was just going through it. I was like, yeah. like uh, Mike, you said you can put on a coffee tail. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's exactly what I was just, when I was going through, like, you can just lay this out anywhere and somebody can just pick up, find a, find a question in, in the front and just say, Oh, let me, let me just, let me, let me see what he says about this. Start a conversation. It's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I thought it was great, but, uh, so Mike, can we just talk about some of the questions in your book and if we, sure. maybe we can get a little bit more specific, just, I try to pick some questions. There's 250 yeah. and I just kind of wanted, I just grabbed some random ones that I was like, Oh, this, nobody talks about this that much. But, uh, so the first one is how does Christianity uh, relate to Judaism? Yeah, so um, that's a question uh, 200 and 201. Yeah. And originally, uh, Christianity began, of course, from within Judaism, mm. because the Old Testament is our first testament, and Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, the one who fulfills all the, the promises made to Israel. But then the Jews, of course, uh, did not accept Jesus, and in the book of Acts, as Acts goes on, they persecute the Christians more, and they kick the Christians out of them. And so then Paul shakes the dust off his feet, so I'm going to the Gentiles. And then if you get into the early second century, uh, so you have from the late first century, uh, the Jewish religion had some uh, Roman protection. So the Romans knew that the Jews were hard to control because 
the Romans wanted everyone to worship like all the gods, and the Jews said no. They learned from the Babylonian captivity that only Yahweh is God, and he doesn't like it if you have idols. And they weren't going to give on that, and so the Romans let the Jews have a, a carve-out for them. And so when the Christian faith began, the Christians said, well, hey, we get that carve-out too, right? Because we're just completed Jews. We, we have the Jewish Messiah. And the Jews kept kicking their Christians out, saying to the Romans, no, no, they're not us. Get them. Mm. <laughs> Persecute them. Yeah. And so initially the Christians wanted in to be considered as Jews. But then in AD 70 and 135, when the Jews revolted against Rome, and Rome came in and stamped out the, the Jews and, and put them down, the Christians realized, well, maybe there's not such a great benefit mm. to being considered mm. a, a Jewish person. And they don't want us anyway. They keep kicking us out. And uh, missions was quite successful to Gentile people that by the early second century, the Christians said, you know what, actually call us the third race. Mm. So we are, we are the fulfillment of the Jewish religion and also the fulfillment of Greek philosophy. Mm. So if you're a Gentile who loves your Greek philosophy, you should love Jesus, the Logos, the mm. Word. And if you're a Jew who loves their Jewish religion, then you should love Jesus. He is the Lamb of God who ends all sacrifices. So it ends up with, um, by the third century, Christianity uh, kind of outgrew its dependence on Judaism. Kind of continuing on with that theme of of uh, the separation with with Judaism and and its own branch in Christianity. Why why are there so many different churches in the U.S.? You know, we look at uh, uh, Christianity, and I I don't know how many conversations I've had with people who who are so confused, mm. you know, they're just coming out of maybe Roman Catholicism and, you know, they're like, well, what do I believe? Mm. You know? And, uh, so talk about that a little bit. Why do we have so many different churches? Yeah. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Um, yeah, it is. On one hand, we have some, so many churches cause we're free mm. and we have choice. So before the Reformation in the Western church, if you're in Europe, you're just a Roman Catholic. That's what you are. You have mm-hmm. no other options. Then the Reformation began, and you have the Lutheran Church, Reformed Church, Baptist Church, Anabaptist Churches, the Anglican Church in England. And at first, that was seen as a threat, a problem. If we have all these different churches, then we're going to rip apart the unity of, of Germany and France and, and Italy, and, and our, our society will, will fall apart. And so they fought each other. No, you have to believe like we believe. You have to all agree theologically. And it took a while, but by the 18th, 17th, and 18th century, the Europeans realized, like, this isn't working. We'll give each other freedom to believe what we want to believe. So when you see different denominations, that's actually a good thing. That means, oh, we'll let you be a Baptist or a Presbyterian, and we won't kill you. (laughs) We'll live and let live. Now, the downside of that is, you know, it's a good thing that we can choose to believe as we, and worship as we believe. Um, you probably know about Carl Truman's <clears throat> new book, <clears throat> sorry, uh, Carl Truman's book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, just came out a few weeks ago. Yeah. And he, he talks about in that book, um, expressive individualism, mm. that there's no way around it. Um, we are all living, we all are we all are that. We all live as expressive individualists because I'm a Baptist pastor. I chose to be a Baptist pastor. And someone else can choose to be Reformed or choose to be Pentecostal. And so there is less of a 
when you have options, that does tend to make our churches less what stable or we realize that we better, um, it's hard to not think as a consumer yeah. or even as a pastor, I better keep these people engaged and interested and give them what they want or they might mm-hmm. just choose to go somewhere else. Yeah. So it's a good thing that we have choice. We're not killing each other and saying you have to agree with me, but it also can make our own commitments to our own churches less strong than it used to be. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I see a lot down here is very yeah. much this sectarian, this um, kind of my kingdom yeah. approach to, you know, denominations. That, and there's really not much of a willingness to interact with people from other denominations. And I and think su- and so, submitted and submitting to your to your pastor, yeah. you know. Um, uh, I, I think that, you know, one of my wife, that's something very important to her when uh, she was, uh, uh, looking at churches as she's moved around the country. And so have, so have I, uh, about submitting to authority and, you know, um, and how that looks like, uh, not in an abusive way. I know that, you know, we've heard stories of pastor take pastors or shepherds taking advantage of that, but you know, we understand as Christians, as as we go through our, the scriptures, that we submit to our shepherd, you know, in a very much godly way. Um, and I, I think now, just talking about, and I'm trying to bring this back together. It just I, I've just seen, especially down here, that people get easily offended when things go on in church and leave, you know, um, mm-hmm. and either go ahead and start their own church, you know. And a lot of little kingdoms, a lot of little kingdoms, like you know, just like, <laughs> oh man, like really, like you got you got upset about that, you know, and you left. Yeah, it, it's yeah, and, and that's what the Roman Catholics said would happen. Yeah, the exactly. yeah. <laughs> so they weren't crazy. They had a, they had a good point. There isn't a uh, there's extremes to avoid on both ends. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, Mike, uh, we're gonna. The next question, I know that this is always a sensitive, could be a sensitive to, uh, topic at churches. Uh, does God want my money? <laughs> of course. He wants all of it. Exactly. So can you because talk he wants about, us, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you talk about that? You know, we've, we we know that, uh, I mean, I've come across a lot of people. It's like, oh, just, you just people at church, you guys just want to take our money, you know, and, yeah, I, I think the way to think about money that helps me is money, what it is basically, it's a vote. Mm. Every time I buy something, I'm voting for that thing. Mm. So if I watch a movie, I'm telling Hollywood, make another movie just like that. Mm. If I buy a book, I'm telling the publisher, replace that book with another copy. Mm. So we actually get to vote for what we like. We actually create a world by our votes. And so we vote for... Jesus when we give money to church and to missionaries and we vote, but God also wants us to vote for our families and he also wants us to vote for pleasure and for fun. So um, when I think about it as a vote, I think, well, what do I value? What, what do I want to vote for? And of course I want to vote for Jesus. So I want to give money to the church, mm-hmm. but, um, but God also, uh, this is first Timothy six, I think says it really well um, where we're told to be generous and sacrifice and share. But in verse 17 of first Timothy six, right in the middle of that, God, uh, Paul says, or God says through Paul, um, 
that God has given us every good gift for our enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And so the tension is we're, we're, we're basically commanded to vote for our enjoyment, but also vote for other people and sacrifice and be generous and share. So there's, um, there's a tension in the middle of the Christian life that I think um, we shouldn't gloss over or ignore. Um, there's not a, a formula or a recipe, like if you have 10 bucks, here's what you must do with it. But think of it as, okay, I got 10 votes, and what what does God want me to vote for, and what does God say I'm free to vote for, mm-hmm. and then vote accordingly. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that's that's really good. And, I mean, he owns it all, so. Especially and, taken in light of what he has done for us yeah. in redeeming us um, mm-hmm. from the curse of sin. So we are we are his, and so, yeah, kind of sheds a different light on what we do with what he's given us. Yeah, especially and, when, and, then, and then you see why debt, sorry, then you see why debt's an issue because when you if you go into debt, you can borrow votes, but pretty soon you run out of votes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, especially in a country where, you know, money is a a big thing here. Yeah. Sure. Question 143 in your book says, "Why the year of jubilee?" I really like the way that you f- you flesh that out and wrapped it up with uh with Christ, so how, wrapped it up with how it points to Christ. Can you can you uh, talk about that a little bit, Mike? Yeah. So the year of jubilee, which is something we don't know if Israel ever did observe. There's mm-hmm. no record they ever actually did follow it. But the idea was um, every Sabbath should also have its Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So every seven years, they, they, the Sabbath for the whole land. Then every seventh Sabbath, everything takes a break. But that's the, the jubilee year. Mm-hmm. And, and that year, all the land was returned to its original landowners. Mm. And the point was that um, God didn't want, this was his land, and Israel was just renters of his land, and he didn't want anyone to like, sell the ancestral land and never get it back. Mm. So if someone went into debt and had to get rid of their land, you knew that within 50 years, you would get it all back in the year of Jubilee. Okay. So it was a time for rest, and it wasn't that, like, not all possessions or money was given back. This wasn't socialism. This was for the land and um, a way of keeping the land in the, in the clans, in the family. And, but it took trust, right? You had to trust God to take a break. And that's why Israel struggled with Sabbath because they didn't trust God enough to stop. Mm. And so we don't even know if they ever did observe the year of Jubilee. And so God said, well, you don't trust me enough to rest. I don't think I trust you. And that led to the exile in Babylon. And then but Jesus has come, and he is our jubilee. He is our rest. And so now uh, we rest in Christ. And I think resting in Christ does not necessarily mean we can just walk all over a Sabbath day rest. I think because Christ has come, then that's even a bigger reason for us, not in a legalistic way, not in a have to, but in a get to. Like, wow, I can take a break every seven days because you know what? I'm safe in Christ. I'm spoken for. I'm secure. I don't have to keep working to make something of myself. I'm a Christian, so shut up. I'm resting. <laughs> every seven day is, every seventh day is a guaranteed holiday. Amen. Every seventh day, I refuse to show up for work. And I, 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 it's a gift. We, we tend to violate that a little bit nowadays. And then we have we have the ultimate jubilee to look forward to. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Right. Um. So, um. 
I got one other question oh, okay. from the book, actually. All this right. is kind of, this. I don't think you're, you got this question, Mike, but question number 115 in your book on page 213 okay. is, why is evil a bad reason to not believe in God? Mm-hmm. And you say it is logically Ooh. impossible to use evil to disprove God because evil cannot exist in a world without him. I really like the way that you flesh that out. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Sure, yeah. Um, everyone believes in the idea of evil. We might disagree about what is evil, mm-hmm. but everyone has the concept and they believe there is such a thing as evil. Well, you can't have evil if there is no God. Mm-hmm. At most, you can have preference. Mm-hmm. At most, I can say, I wish you hadn't done that, or my people, my society prefers you hadn't done that, but that doesn't make it evil. Right? The Nazis proved you can have a whole culture that approves of something, and it's still evil. Mm-hmm. So only... You can't even have the conversation about evil unless you believe in God. Yeah. So that's, that's important. But then secondly, um, the Christian faith makes no sense without evil. Mm. The greatest evil that has ever and could ever occur, the greatest injustice and the greatest amount of suffering is the cross. Yeah. And that's at the very center of our faith. So, again, we can't solve the problem. We can't give the answer that um, makes it all okay. But we can point to Jesus and the cross and say, you want to talk about evil? Thanks. Because yeah. that's, that's our, our faith is resting. Our faith is built on evil. Yeah, that's the whole kind of the idea, I think, uh, behind Luther's theology of the cross, isn't it? Um, mm. as, a, yeah. as opposed to the theology of glory, that very man-centered way of looking at mm at things, at looking at evil, and uh, understanding that God used that greatest evil to bring about the greatest good, to bring him glory into, yeah. you know, for our good. Yeah. Now, Mike, do you have yeah. a—I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, do you have a favorite uh, uh, um, question or one of your favorite in there, uh, in your book at all, that it's not like— Yeah, I do. I do, actually. Would you like to share I'm, that? I'm not way? proud of this one. Okay. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> no, I, there's a, so there's a section on Jesus. I'm raising these questions about Jesus. Is, was he a socialist? Was he a feminist? <laughs> yeah, was I saw he, that. I was, all these different things. And I do several pages on each one. And then, you know, there's this progressive view that comes up every like, five years ago. They found this thing about Jesus may have had a wife. Mm. And it's, it's been debunked, but it made the news and people are talking about it. So I had a question after, right in the middle of this, was he this, was he that, was Jesus married? And I just said, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it was my fun, my fun answer. Yeah, I saw that. Wow. Well, uh, Mike, that podcast went really quick <laughs> for, uh, for, for 40 minutes there. But um, uh, Mike, um, Romans ten fourteen says, how then would they call on him whom they have not believed? And how would they believe in whom they have not heard? And how would they hear without a preacher? Can you please share the gospel today to our worldwide audience? Oh, thank you. Yeah, so the good news of Jesus that we celebrate, especially this Christmas season, but of course all the time, is that we are sinners, and especially myself, and I deserve hell. And mm. so does you, so does everyone. Um, but Jesus has died on the cross in our place. He suffered the hell and the wrath of God that we deserve. And he raised, was raised on the third day. He was exonerated and released from any guilt that he carried on that cross. And so when we put our faith in Jesus and turn from our sin, 
Jesus' death and resurrection, they count for us, and we're in him. And so he is the true truth, the real reality about you and me. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, please go out and get the book, The Bible Explainer. Um, you will be blessed. I, I think you guys should just get it. Even if you don't go through it right away, just stick it on your coffee table, right? Stick it in your kitchen, living room. I think it's going to uh, gonna be very, very beneficial for your home, for your family. I, I think this is something that you can go with a, with a Bible study group and just, I mean, there's a lot of just Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be a great gift. Yeah, for, for, for Christmas. Christmas. There it's you a go. great conversation starter, like we said. So. <laughs> so, um, Mike, so where can our listeners find you uh, if you want to be found? And where can they get your book? Besides Bridge, of course. Um, yeah, so the, the, the book's in bookstores and, uh, of course, Amazon. And the publisher is Barber, B-A-R-B-O-U-R. Hmm. And they may even have a, a little bit of a discount, more than even on Amazon. Um I have a blog, which I don't do great at, but I'm starting a little bit again, and that's uh, MikeWhitmer.blog. Then, of course, I'm on Twitter and Facebook. I'm happy to, to friend people. Just Mike, uh, W-I-T-T-M-E-R. So easy to find on Facebook and Twitter, and then MikeWhitmer.blog is where I blog. Well, there you go. I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn, but I don't remember why. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. I think I only joined because somebody... <laughs> Somebody recommended that I do so, but I do nothing on it. Yeah. yeah, nor do I. I'm on. I know. And I was like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna just put it up there, and then they start bugging you with like, like, job offers. So, yeah, yeah. So please, ladies and gentlemen, go get the book. I even saw your book. They're selling it at Target. I'm looking at it right now for for 19 right. bucks. Yeah, Target. There you go. So. Well, it, it looks, I mean, they did such a great job with it because it looks like it should be. I mean, the pictures and all looks like a. a more expensive book. I don't know how Barber, they're a smaller publisher, but they, they're able to do a really nice book for a great, great price. Yeah. It's really a high quality book. Yeah. Very, very high. I quality. think it's been selling quite well. Cause I had to wait for a while to get it through our distributor. Oh so, really? Yeah. Well, hopefully after this podcast, right. you, you know, you get a uh, 250,000 copies just right off the bat. There you go. When you see the bump, <laughs> you know why. Yeah. Well, if, if if God can use it to bring someone to Christ and and then disciple them, that would be that's it. Amen. That's 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 that'd be wonderful. Yep. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, Ridge for sure. Radio. Uh, we really really enjoyed the time here, and, and and thank you again for what you do for the ministry and all your help. And we're really happy that you are pastoring now. Uh, as a, as uh, at the church and, and yeah, that's we'll really exciting. Continue to pray for you. And, and I'm sure that that's, thanks. yeah. Yeah. Thanks again. Well, thank Mike. you. And for your friendship in the ministry and the gospel. And I love what you're doing in Laredo. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode with Dr. Mike Whitmer on his new book, the Bible explainer, uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was really a really good interview. I know I always say that, but, you know, we bring on our guests, and when they start talking about their books, it's just absolutely, you just see the excitement and the thrill. I mean, they spend so much time writing these things, and when they talk about it, I, I really enjoy just listening to them. Yeah, for sure. You could tell his enthusiasm mm-hmm. in, in writing, and he's an engaging writer, you know, mm-hmm. and he writes specifically for people who are not, theologians you yeah. know for people that 
are, are just in the in the pew and who want to really grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and uh, writes in a way that, you know, you can just pick it up and read it. And uh, so I really appreciate that. appreciate that about the book. It's very informative. Just encourage people to go out and get a copy. We've got copies here. So, yeah. Yeah. And if anybody, uh, uh, you can get it on Amazon, but if you can't get it anywhere, you know, please reach out to us. We'll, we'll go ahead and send it to you uh, um, or anywhere in the world. You know, we've done that many times. So for our worldwide audience, if you can't get it, please email and we'll send it out. We'll send it out to you guys. It would be our pleasure. Yeah. And uh, f- again, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and YouTube. Uh, we're always uh, releasing new uh, content out there and just keeping you up to date with everything that's going on in the ministry. And because uh, there's a lot of things going on, and it's been pretty exciting. Um, I mean, just uh, I, I really love the team that you have built right now and the things that are just being released through uh, at Bridge and just the social media and everything has been absolutely phenomenal. The team that God has built. Yeah. Yeah. The team that God has built. So yeah, yeah, go to our website if you haven't been on it and uh, you can sign up for our newsletter there and uh, to keep in, keep in touch and know what's going on here. Yeah. You know what I meant when I said your team. I do. I do. I I know you're straightening out the theology, but I'm your, (laughs) I'm your RC Sproul to John MacArthur. That's right. (laughs) Oh man, that's great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, like we always like to end the show, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Till next week. Bye-bye.